Uh, Party of Communists USA, Queer Muslim Solidarity Network, Ultra Socialist of America, and friends, there are scores of other organizations that are part of this as well. And friends, this nation has certainly seen an upheaval of protests taking place, uh, pro-Hamas. I mean, when you see the atrocities that were committed against Israel, the barbaric nature of which Israelis were tortured and murdered and 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 cut cut up and it mutilated. It, it is horrendous. And yet we allow such protests to taking place, the, these pro-Hamas protests. One American News Network is indicating that 325 pro-Palestinian protesters arrested after blocking three bridges in a tunnel in New York City on Monday, blocking lanes bound for New Jersey on the Holland Tunnel, along with blocking traffic on the Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Williamsburg bridges. Uh, we also see from Todd Starnes, uh, he's reporting of, and shares from the New York Post, Demonstrators from the Shut It Down for Palestine rally marched through City Hall Park before groups of them descended on the bridges and tunnel. Just after 10 a.m., 40 demonstrators were on the Brooklyn Bridge, 12 on the Manhattan Bridge, 75 on the Williamsburg Bridge, bridge 70 within the Holland Tunnel, the New York Police Department said. Every person, according to Todd Starnes, he shared his opinion. He said every person should face federal charges and then should be deported. To Gaza. I'd like to hear what you have to think about that later when we open some phone lines. Uh, Wednesday was the first day of a new session of the Colorado State House, and immediately pro Hamas demonstrators set the tone by disrupting the proceedings as Colorado House Speaker Julie Mikulski did nothing. Two representatives, including the notorious Marxist Tim Hernandez, were wearing kafias uh, to show their solidarity with the Palestinian jihadis. This is a story here from Jihad Watch. Note also that while the representatives' desk generally feature an American flag and a Colorado flag, Hernandez's desk had a Palestinian flag and a Colorado flag. House Republicans walked out during the protest, the exception being the minority leader. But, uh, yeah, can you imagine that, taking down the U.S. flag off their desk and putting up a Palestinian flag? The Daily Wire is reporting over the weekend pro-Palestinian demonstrators defaced the Los Angeles National Cemetery. 85,000 veterans of wars and their families dating back to the American Civil War are buried there, reports the Daily Wire. The California Penal Code states that a person is guilty of a crime punishable by imprisonment who maliciously does any of the following, like destroying, cutting, mutilating, or removing any tomb, monument, memorial, or marker in a cemetery. The vandal spray-painted Free Gaza on the entrance to the memorial, later adding the words Intifada, which is a call for war against the Jews of Israel. The demonstrators chanted, Long live Palestine! There is only one solution from the river, from the sea, Palestine will be free. Well, more proof that the people who hate Israel also hate the United States of America, said Brad Sherman, a congressman from the state of California. World Israel News is reporting the Justice Department has effectively issued a stand-down order to federal law enforcement and U.S. attorneys to stop them from investigating incitement, violence, and vandalism committed by Hamas supporters who hold U.S. visas, according to a complaint filed with the Justice Department. The complaint filed this week by the America's First Legal Foundation, that's a conservative legal advocacy group, accuses the Biden administration of turning a blind eye to the massive uptick in violence against Jews across 
America. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Graves, a U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia on Thursday, held a press conference concerning the third anniversary of the January 6th Capitol protest. He thanked the public for assisting the FBI in identifying the J6ers and said more Capitol protesters would be arrested. He then said the DOJ is now going to target thousands of Americans who were around the Capitol on January 6th, but did not enter the building. Folks, can you believe what's going on here? He, they were actually looking at, at, at arresting those who were on the Capitol grounds, perhaps in an area that had been barricaded off somewhere or something. Well, here's his statement from just the other day. And what happened inside of the building? An important note when it comes to our prosecutions about those who remained outside the building. We have used our prosecutorial discretion to primarily focus on those who entered the building are those who engage in violent or corrupt conduct on Capitol grounds. But if a person knowingly entered the restricted area without authorization, they had already committed a federal crime. Make no mistake, thousands of people occupied an area that they were not authorized to be present in in the first place. Friends, this is unbelievable where this is going. The Daily Signal is reporting a member of Congress investigating the January 6, 2021 protests at the Capitol estimates that the FBI had 200 undercover assets both inside and outside the building. The story's on the Daily Signal saying, quote, we believe that there were easily 200 FBI undercover assets operating in the crowd outside the Capitol embedded into groups that entered the Capitol or provoked entry of the Capitol. That's Representative Clay Higgins of Louisiana. He said given the scope of the operation, the number number of doors where entry was allowed or even encouraged, and the number of people that were actually outside the Capitol and then entered, we believe 200 is a conservative number, Higgins said. Well, based on the evidence he's reviewed, Higgins said FBI assets worked with the local Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police Department and the U.S. Capitol Police. The assets were dressed as supporters of then-President Donald Trump inside the Capitol because they, those were the guys that they knew their way around the Capitol. Wow, what a bombshell report. 200, and that's his conservative estimate, of undercover FBI assets of the Capitol. Townhall.com Sarah Arnold writes that the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, Matthew Graves, suggested that law enforcement will soon target those who just uh, stood outside the Capitol on January 6th. During a press conference this week, he hinted that Americans who uh, did not even go inside the Capitol building could still lead to thousands of arrests. You just heard that audio clip moments ago. From FoxNews.com, the United States and Britain carried out a series of airstrikes on military locations belonging to Iran-backed Houthis in Yemen early Friday, that's early today, in response to the militant group's ongoing attacks on vessels traveling through the Red Sea. Fox News said that there were attacks on more than a dozen Houthi targets by air, surface, and, and uh, subsurface platforms. The attacks were carried out with support from Australia, the Netherlands, Bahrain, and Canada. A U.S. defense official said that the U.K. contributed aircraft. President Biden said he's authorized the strikes in direct response to unprecedented Houthi attacks against international maritime vessels in the Red Sea, including the use of anti-ship ballistic missiles for the first time in history. Well, the group's leader, Abdel Malek al-Houthi, vowed in a televised speech that any U.S. attack on Yemen's Houthis would not go without a response. Folks, it is escalating. 
be in prayer for our nation, be in prayer for our world, be in prayer for our leaders. According to a report by political U.S. officials said there is an escalating risk that Lebanese Hezbollah militants will strike Americans in the Middle East, but perhaps even more concerned, they could hit inside the United States. The story on Newsmax.com. The Iran-backed uh, terrorist would be likely to target U.S. personnel in the Middle East first, the official told the news conference. Okay, this also troubling here, friends. This is from HotAir.com. Kenneth uh, Israel has had enough of the apologies of the White House and elsewhere trying to defend the indefensible in an essay at The Messenger. The retired Major General blasts those spin efforts to hide what everybody can plainly see happened at the, at the Department of Defense. Lloyd Austin went AWOL, regardless of his personal desire for privacy or for illness for which he was uh, being treated. Everything else, just crazy excuses for abandoning a post, Israel declares. It's not just fine that Austin took responsibility for the lapse in notification or that he wanted to protect his privacy. Simply put, the well-being and whereabouts of our Secretary of Defense matter greatly to a nuclear power and nuclear vulnerable nation. In such an instance, personal preferences must come second to duty. Furthermore, Israel concludes that Austin's selfish actions in pursuit of privacy contradicts everything drilled into the men and women who serve under him in uniform. For four days in January, most of Washington, including President Biden, didn't even know who was running the Pentagon. Austin is sixth in line of the presidential succession. He's second in line of military command after the president was hospitalized and his deputy required to step in from a beach in Puerto Rico where she was on vacation days before President Biden was even informed. Furthermore, Israel notes that this is a time of emergencies in our national security and military postures. Just last week wrote that uh, uh, at that time Israel wondered why the U.S. was failing to respond with appropriate force to acts of war against both shipping and U.S. military personnel. There are those who are now calling for Defense Secretary Austin to resign. Folks, this is getting to be serious business. And a federal watchdog group is uh, just uh, very concerned about this. The Department of uh, the Defense Department's Inspector General investigating the agency's handling of this whole hospitalization, not even revealed to President Biden and others until days later. But we're going to be back in just one minute, folks. There's more news to share with you. You're listening to a news roundup on Crosstalk here on the VCY American Network. hard to know because we've never seen one fly. We do say their skeletal remains and some of them were absolutely huge. How could they have flown? A scientific study of some of their skulls has given us some clues. That portion of the brain which integrates input from the different sensory organs was large in the pterosaurs, much larger than in other creatures. This gives us the impression that the creature was a good flyer. Of course, evolutionists propose that all these functions and organs came about by natural selection. What could have given some non-flying creature this ability? A much better idea is that God created these huge creatures as a monument to his creative ability and imagination. Today, we just sit back and marvel. And it's been that way ever since, back in Genesis. This is Chris O'Brien. Thanks for going back to Genesis.
news round update here today on Crosstalk. And uh, friends, uh, again, it's like we're sitting on a powder keg. Things waiting to explode and uh, things that are happening and, and sometimes some things that would seem like to be common sense are thrown out the window. I mean, who's in charge of the Department of Defense? When we've got uh, one hospitalized, this the Secretary of Defense, and, and, and his assistant is off vacationing in Puerto Rico, and the president doesn't know about it? Should not we be having questions regarding this? Are they not to secure the defense of the United States of America? Friends, it's like we're opening the door. I mean, we're, it, 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 you know, the, the borders have been open. We've, we dealt with a full program on this yesterday. The many gotaways that are entering into our country. Many have said that there are sleeper cells just waiting for the command. And when you have the commander-in-chief not knowing that the Department of Defense secretary is in the hospital and, and, and his replacement is, is vacationing, no wonder why people are calling for his resignation. Looking at the Times of Israel, President, or Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Wednesday uh, that he has no intention of permanently occupying Gaza or displacing its civilian population, rebuffing hard right ministers' calls to rebuild Israel's settlements in the territory and encourage Palestinian emigration. Netanyahu said that Israel is fighting Hamas terrorists, not the Palestinian population, and we're doing so in full compliance with international law. Our goal is to get is to rid Gaza of Hamas terrorists and free our hostages. Once that is achieved, Gaza can be demilitarized and de-radicalized, thereby creating a possibility for a better future for Israel and Palestinians alike. Wait and see, folks. Times of Israel also reporting the Israel Defense Forces on Sunday admitted. Damage was caused to a sensitive air traffic control base in northern Israel following a Hezbollah missile attack a day prior, which the terror group said was a response to the alleged Israeli killing of Hamas terror chief. This would be a Salah al aruri in Lebanon last week. Hezbollah fired this barrage, more than 40 rockets, several missiles at the base atop Mount Muran, Muran which is located uh, about five miles from the Lebanese border, reports the Times of Israel. Foxnews.com, the Iran-backed terrorist group Hezbollah said Monday that one of its commanders had died in an airstrike in Lebanon, which the Israeli Defense Forces announced the killing of a central figure of Hamas in Syria. Later in the day, IDF said it had eliminated Hassan Hakashan. He was a central figure responsible for rockets fired by Hamas from Syrian territory toward Israel in recent weeks. Let's get on to another issue. Hunter Biden. Uh, <laughs> This uh, story from Just the News, Hunter Biden, the first son, yesterday pleaded not guilty to federal tax charges brought by special counsel David Weiss. Uh, Biden entered the plea during his arraignment at the Los Angeles courthouse on nine felony and misdemeanor tax charges that Weiss filed in December. Uh, described an alleged four-year scheme to not pay at least $1.4 million in self-assessed federal taxes that he owed for tax years 2016 through 2019. Also, just the news is reporting in a dramatic about phase. Hunter Biden's lawyers told Congress today that the first son will agree to sit for a deposition or a public hearing in his father's impeachment inquiry. Attorney Abby Lowell informed uh, House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer and House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan of his client's decision, but asked that a new subpoena be issued since Congress formally approved an impeachment inquiry since Hunter Biden was uh, first asked to be interviewed. Well, he was ordered to be interviewed, and uh, he uh, avoided 
the subpoena that was issued him. And now when he's in hot water, he said, okay, we'll comply, but now we want you to issue a new subpoena. The Daily Caller telling us the White House reportedly deceived the American people about Hunter Biden's art deals. This is said by Oversight Committee Chair James Comer. White House uh, officials reportedly helped create an agreement in which professional gallerists would negotiate sales on Hunter's behalf and keep the details hidden from the first son. People familiar with the agreement told the Washington Post in 2021. Well, Comer claimed Tuesday that the White House agreement is a sham. Comer said in a press release that Hunter Biden's gallerist never had any communication with the White House about such an agreement, made sure that there was some sort of ethics compliance at all, and, and provided information to the committee revealing how Hunter Biden's amateur art uh, career is an ethics nightmare. Yeah, the Daily Caller has this story. The, the vast majority of Hunter Biden's art has been purchased by Democrat donors, one of which was appointed by President Biden to a prestigious commission after she purchased Hunter Biden's art for tens of thousands of dollars shortly after Joe Biden's inauguration. Oh, my folks. Understand what's going on? CBS News telling us that former President Donald Trump disregarded uh, rest, uh, restrictions imposed by the judge overseeing his civil fraud trial in New York addressed the court during closing arguments on Thursday, ranging, uh, just raging against the state's attorney general and the judge himself for several minutes on the final day of proceedings. The former president criticized the New York attorney general, Letitia James, and defended his business practices, citing he did nothing wrong and that the state should pay me for what we had to go through, he said. His comments came after his attorneys made their closing arguments and urged uh, Engoron to reject the state's civil case against Trump and other co-defendants. James's office is seeking some $370 million for the state and lifetime ban for Trump from working in New York real estate. The Washington Examiner reporting Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has been accused of hiring her boyfriend to oversee the prosecution of former President Trump and financially benefiting from the arrangement. Daily Caller tells us that the Fulton County Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade allegedly did not disclose payments that he received from working on the racketeering case against former President Trump to his wife, leaving her without financial support through their divorce proceedings. Uh, Wade's wife alleges she did not disclose to her over $700,000 in earnings from the county. The Post Millennial reporting that the Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, attended a five-hour White House meeting with Vice President Kamala Harris in the months before seeking the indictment on RICO charges for Donald Trump in Georgia. The records are revealing. Heritage Foundation Oversight Project member Mike Howell uncovered the record on Tuesday that showed Willis visited the White House February 28, 2023, just a few months before Trump's Georgia indictment. And uh, looking at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, yeah, federal judge Monday dismissed the case seeking to bar former President Trump from Nevada's ballot. Just the News tells us that Republicans calling for President Joe Biden to be removed from the 2024 primary ballot as former President Donald Trump is facing challenges to remove him from ballots in multiple states. As challenges are brought to disqualify Trump from the 2024 GOP primary ballots in more than 30 states, Republicans are suggesting that Biden should be removed from the ballot in response, uh, in response but because of the increased volume of illegal immigrants entering the U.S. through the southern border. From the Washington Free Beacon, it's very interesting here. Barack and Michelle Obama apparently don't think Joe Biden has what it takes to win re-election. Rather than projecting confidence in Biden's political talents, they're sounding the alarm. 
Michelle Obama said of the upcoming presidential election, I am terrified about what could possibly happen. The former first lady went on to argue that if Biden loses to Trump, the childish and vulgar former president, the American people would be to blame for failing to appreciate the extreme benevolence of the federal government. Newsbusters tells us in the second half of 2023, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre answered only two questions about the scandals facing the president. That brings the yearly total to a paltry uh, eight such questions that uh, Jean-Pierre answered across 75 White House briefings. Of the 337 scandal-related questions that the White House reporters have asked, Jean-Pierre provided a definitive answer to just eight of them. Well, that's a 2.37% of those questions that have been asked. From WND.com, Joe Biden's campaign has begun summoning officials from various news organizations to secret meetings where officials explain how political reporters should better report on his agenda, according to a new report at Semaphore, an international publication with global reach. They're also using it as an opportunity to tell them what they're getting wrong. Two people with knowledge of the situation said that during meetings with reporters from outlets like the New York Times and Washington Post and others, campaign officials have invoked a coverage spreadsheet, laying out areas where the team believes their reporting has fallen short. Oh, my. And uh, as you heard, Chris Christie dropped out of the Republican presidential race Wednesday. That's uh, just days before the Iowa caucus and uh, then afterward the New Hampshire primary. From FoxNews.com, the Texas National Guard has seized control of a park at the U.S. southern border and is now blocking Border Patrol from entering the area, part of an effort to stop the surge of illegal immigration into Texas and a move likely to significantly increase the tensions between Governor Abbott and the federal government. The state government has taken control of Shelby Park in the city of Eagle Pass, Texas. It's been the center of the migrant crisis that has engulfed the U.S. border. Authorities have now set up razor wire and fences to block off the area. Eagle Pass Mayor Rolando Salinas said that he was informed that the decision was made as part of Governor Abbott's emergency declaration. That story on FoxNews.com. And coming from American military news, Russia launched a massive wave of missile strikes at Ukrainian regions January 8th, killing at least four, wounding 45, causing damage to civilian infrastructure and economic uh, facilities. Ukrainian officials said, and, and the military rather, said an air raid alert was declared for most of the country, including the capital. Townhall.com Sunday, House Speaker Mike Johnson announced that Republicans negotiated billions in spending cuts to offset a government shutdown. The deal is designed on caps and side spending agreements agreed to in a debt limit deal last year. It included a side agreement for further budget changes set at $1.59 trillion for the fiscal year 2024. Johnson said that this will leave $704 billion in non-defense spending, touting the first cut in non-VA, non-defense appropriation in years. And uh, there are those who are taking issue with the Speaker Johnson on that issue. Um, Just the News is reporting Congress faces two appropriations deadlines of January 19th and February 2nd, before the federal government runs out of money. Uh, in October, Biden proposed a $106 billion supplemental foreign aid package for Ukraine, Israel, Palestinian refugees, and U.S. border-related efforts that congressional negotiators are still debating in hopes of reaching agreement. The Committee for a Responsible Federal Government confirmed that the Johnson & Schumer spending deal uh, top-line amount does not include any supplemental foreign aid for Israel, Ukraine, 
or Palestinian refugees. From Newsmax.com, the U.S. government failed, listen to this, the U.S. government failed to properly track more than a billion dollars worth of weapons and military devices sent to Ukraine, according to the Defense Department's Office of the Inspector General. In a report released yesterday, the uh, Department of Defense's Inspector General cited shoulder-fired missiles, kamikaze drones, and night vision devices that were intended to be sent to Ukraine. The DOD did not fully comply with enhanced end-use monitoring the program requirements for defense articles that, uh, and accountability in a hostile environment, the report says. By law, nearly 40,000 weapons should have been closely monitored because their sensitive technology and relatively small size makes them attractive for arms smugglers, the Times reported. And uh, the inspector general saying, hey, listen, the uh, Department of Defense is not tracking these. A billion dollars worth of military aid. And friends, meanwhile, tensions are getting uh, more and more with China. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we want to discuss some more stories of matters going on with China and even some upcoming elections going on in Taiwan. It's a news roundup day here on Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. We'll be right back. Crosstalk as we know it began airing in 1987. It comes your way from the VCY America network out of Milwaukee. Did you ever wonder what the letters VCY stand for? Ever pondered what's behind the ministry that presents Crosstalk every day? We're pleased to share with you a free copy of the magazine formatted book, God's Continuing Miracle, The VCY Story. This book of over 200 pages presents nearly 500 photographs, interviews, historic newspaper articles, and writings about the VCY America ministry, now over 60 years old. The magazine will also inform you about VCY rallies, the birthday club ministry, the VCY bookstore, and so much more. It is a testimony to God's faithfulness. To receive a free copy of God's Continuing Miracle, the VCY Story, call 1-800-729-9829. Roundup Friday here on Crosstalk Today. So much going on through the course of any given week, and it just is getting more and more intense, not only in our nation, but around the world. And friends, we think of this big rally that's going to be held in Washington tomorrow, the pro-Hamas rally that is taking place. I mean, it is atrocious what is going on and how we are bending and how we are bowing to what is taking place. No, we need not to prosecute those who who are who are disturbing this nation that are pro Hamas, but boy, we sure need to get after those J Sixers, don't we? Yahoo News is reporting China has announced fresh sanctions on five American defense companies in a furious response to last month's US arms deal with Taiwan. Beijing said Chinese companies and individuals were banned from doing business with the sanctioned firms, and all property in China owned by the firms would be frozen under China's anti foreign sanctions law. 
From the Washington Times, Taiwan's defense ministry issued an alert Tuesday saying China has launched a satellite and urging caution, caution days before the island's elections. Taiwan holds presidential and parliamentary elections on Saturday that China has described as a choice between war and peace. Beijing has intensified its military harassment of the island, inhabited by some 23 million people in recent months, sending military vessels and aircraft near it almost daily. Beijing has also been flying balloons, sound familiar folks, which are feared to be used for surveillance near the island despite Taiwan complaints. Oh, no, no, those, those are just sightseeing balloons. No, it's just a weather balloon. Don't worry about that. Uh, Mr. Biden, yes, surveillance balloons. The Business Insider reporting a U.S. Navy petty officer has been sentenced to more than two years in prison for spying for China. Wen Hang Zhao, 26, snagged $15,000 in exchange for plans on a military exercise and radar blueprints. He was stationed at a naval base in Ventura County, California. The Epic Times is reporting that U.S. and Chinese military officials met at the Pentagon this week for their first in-person discussion of Indo-Pacific security in four years. The Department uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Michael Chase met with Song Yanchao, the Deputy Director of China's Central uh, Military Commission at the Pentagon January 8th and 9th. A readout provided by the Pentagon states that the two officials discussed U.S. China defense relations, operational safety across the Indo-Pacific, global security issues, and the importance of maintaining peace and stability across the Taiwanese Strait. Washington Times tells us that China's plans for space warfare, including cyber attacks and electronic jamming to disrupt and disable U.S. satellite systems, and in the future, small robot satellites to grab or crush U.S. military space sensors, according to a senior U.S. intelligence official report. The PLA has been training for anti-satellite missile attacks since the year 2018. That story coming to us from the Washington Times. Daily Caller reporting that the second largest foreign landowner, landowner in the U.S. Hear this? The second largest foreign landowner in the U.S. is a Chinese billionaire who has it, uh, been determined to be a member of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, this is uh, uh, Chen Tianqiao, the founder, chairman, and CEO of global investment firm Shanda. Shanda Group owns approximately 200,000 acres of land in Oregon, according to Land Report. In 2015, Chen acquired 198,000 acres in Oregon. According to the Land Report, $85 million purchase made the Chinese national the 82nd largest property owner in the United States and the second largest foreign U.S. landowner. Bloomberg reported uh, second only to a Canadian family who owns over 1 million acres of Maine. Oregon's Bull Spring Skyline Forest accounts for approximately 33,000 of Chen's acreage, according to the Land Report. The forest is located west of Bend, Oregon, and is home to springs, creeks, timberland, wildlife, according to the Bull Springs Skyline Forest website. He also owns several urban properties in the U.S., including the Vanderbilt Mansion in Manhattan, the Sealy Mud Estate near Los Angeles, a, a 150,000-square-foot research facility at Caltech called uh, the uh, Tian Chiao um, uh, this was uh, Tian Chiao and Chrissy Chen Institute for Neuroscience, each worth tens of millions of dollars, according to the Land Report. 
Chinese ownership of U.S. land, in particular agriculture land, has come under increased scrutiny from GOP governors who see it as a potential national security threat. Would you think? From LifeSiteNews.com, one of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's top ministers called out as having allegedly received support from the Chinese Communist Party in the 2019 Canadian federal election. Through its United Front, the CCP was known to secretly fund candidates. The United Front, a political strategy aimed to network key people and groups to serve and promote CCP interests abroad. Since we're in Canada here uh, with the stories, let's go to LifeSiteNews.com. A public inquiry into alleged meddling in Canada's two most recent federal elections by agents of the Chinese Communist Party is set to start on January 29th. The investigation into allegations of CCP interference in the 2019 and 2021 federal elections to take place. LifeSiteNews.com also is reporting that records show the Canadian federal government under Prime Minister Justin Trudeau continues to give millions in aid to China and by extension its ruling Communist Chinese Party government despite the fact that it's been allegedly meddling in Canada's federal elections. Also with Canada, Slay News is reporting that Canada has thrown its full support behind the World Health Organization's power grab that seeks to gain control over sovereign nations under its new global pandemic treaty. We spoke about that with Gary Ka. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government is now lobbying other nations to also back changes to the World Health Organization treaty to expand the definition of a pandemic to include climate change. Worthy News is reporting Malaysia has become the latest nation to start rolling out a digital identity document called My Digital ID. Despite security concerns and fears of more government control over people's lives, authorities believe about 30 million people will have My Digital ID within six months. So far, at least 1.6 million civil servants reportedly have signed up. Protests taking place in Germany. WND.com tells us of German farmers beginning a week of protests against the government Monday, this past Monday, to push it back against subsidy cuts, and they say unfairly targets their livelihoods. Large convoys of trucks and tractors lined streets all over the country on Monday morning, including in the street leading to Berlin's uh, uh, Brandenburg Gate, as farmers are standing up to the liberal Green Coalition government for its moves to phase out tax breaks for agricultural vehicles and for diesel fuel. Okay, let's see. Oh, there's more warnings coming on COVID. FDA officials are warning again. Top U.S. Food and Drug Administration officials are urging Americans get the vaccine, they're saying, including, including COVID-19 shots, warning that there will be likely thousands of excess deaths over the winter if they do not. Epic Times has the story. Dr. Peter Marks and Dr. Robert Califf wrote in the editorial published by the Journal of the American Medical Association. The situation is now deteriorated to the point that population immunity against such uh, vaccine-preventable infectious diseases... What do you mean, vaccine-preventable infectious diseases? The shot did not work. We know that. They said it's a risk and thousands of excess deaths are likely to occur this season due to the illnesses... Um, amenable to prevention or reduction in severity of illness with vaccines, they wrote. By the way, the New American tells us that the former White House medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, participated in a seven-hour closed-door meeting on Monday answering questions about the pandemic origins, the government pandemic response, and sharing his insights on preparing for potential future outbreaks. Well, after the hearing, Subcommittee Chair Brad Winstrup 
issued a statement in which he expressed concern over how Fauci, the face of our nation's response to the world's worst pandemic health crisis, appeared to be clueless and forgetful about the crucial pandemic matters. My, the post-millennial reporting on Thursday, Hertz announced that it had begun selling off one-third of its electric vehicles with the goal of filling the space in its fleet with gas-powered cars. The rental company said the sale kicked off last month will be going on until the end of 2024. We said uh, we took a bold move. This is Hertz CEO Stephen Scherer. We took a bold move and are taking a strategic adjustment to their fleet to over 20,000 electric vehicles out of the fleet. It's really to respond to the reality, which is we're trying to bring supply in line with demand, and we're addressing a cost issue that happens to be related to the EVs in the context of damage and damage costs. American Military News said driverless trucks with no humans on board will soon cruise Texas highways if three startup firms have their way, despite objections from critics who say financial pressures, not safety, is behind the, the timetable. Years of testing, Aurora Innovation, Inc., Kodiak Robotics, Inc., and Getech AI expect to remove safety drivers from trucks that are being guided by software and array of sensors, including cameras, radar, uh, as well as other technology. Companies are, have already hauled cargo for big names like Walmart and Kroger, FedEx Corp, and Tyson Foods, they report. The Center Square telling us that the Ohio House, uh, dominated by Republicans, easily voted Wednesday afternoon to override Governor Mike DeWine's veto of a bill that bans transgender medical care on minors and requires single-sex athletic teams. House Democrats moved to adjourn before the override debate that was quickly and easily voted down after a long debate. DeWine's veto was overridden 65 to 28. That now goes to the Ohio Senate. LifeSite News is reporting that the French President uh, Macron this week appointed France's first openly homosexual prime minister after the previous prime minister stepped down amid controversy over immigration policies. The news comes as Macron seeks to reinvigorate his administration in his second term amid the growing popularity of France's right-wing party. In Scotland, troubling story, this is from Alliance Defending Freedom out of the UK. Scots could soon find themselves facing jail time if found to be attempting to change or suppress another person's gender identity, including in a family setting. In a vague and wide-reaching attempt to ban so-called conversion therapy, Parents who are deemed controlling or considered to have pressured their child to act in a particular way when it comes to gender identity could be committing a crime. Criminal penalties could result if the actions cause fear, alarm, and distress. Warning, friends. See what's going on here? Parents, we know better than you. You have no right over your children. Those are not your children. They belong to us. And unless you affirm the gender identity your child wants to be, and if this causes fear, alarm, or distress, you can be charged, committing, committing a crime. And uh, that uh, Scotland is looking, really, to imprison parents for refusing to transition their children. There's a warning as well coming from LifeSite News. Assisted suicide bills are, have been introduced in at least 10 states in the United States, Florida, Indiana, Iowa, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, New Hampshire, New York, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. They expect more states to also introduce these. And uh, LifeSiteNews.com in an opinion piece Can saying that uh, these must be defeated in the 10 states. 
Well, friends, uh, there is much more going on. I wish I had more time to share more stories, but I do want to give you opportunity to weigh in on these issues on the phones as well. Our phone number to Crosstalk is 800-733-9829. If you want to comment on any of these or other current event stories, our number is 800-733-9829. We're going to take a quick break and go to your calls, and uh, we'll sprinkle in another story or two if we can. But uh, you are listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network, and we'll be right back. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. You know the Bible verse, a prophet has no honor in his own land? Well, apparently this happened in Israel, where a former high-ranking general by the last name of Brick was giving a warning in early 2023. I want to make sure you understand, early 2023. He warned of what was going to happen, and it did, October 7th. He said, quote, Hamas will conquer settlements, throw grenades into bunkers and shelters, and cause a massacre. The local residents, you and me, must defend these communities because the army will not be there. In quote. He said, quote, we feel that everything is fine and that there's no threat, but the public is not told. The powers are preparing. These are equipped and trained. They will cross the border and attack and occupy our settlements in the south. In quote. My friends, we're giving the same warning here. Are you ready? Joined up Friday here today on Crosstalk, and uh, thank you for tuning in and staying informed on a number of issues. There's much more going on even than what I've shared here today, but it's giving you an overview of much, much that is happening, not only in our nation, but around the world as well. We'll take your calls today. The lines are packed 800-733-9829. We begin in Duluth, Minnesota. Marcy, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call and doing such a phenomenal job of trying to put together some of the worst stories facing America. Uh, I thought came to my mind as I was listening to you do this. Um, all for evil to prevail is the good man to do nothing. So we need more people that are willing, like yourself, to get out there and call out the evil that it is. And... We have a very deceptive uh, uh, administration in our state, Minnesota, all over the United States. And it's because the people voted these people in, or like in the case of Biden, he didn't get voted in. He, he got in by uh, lying and deception. So if you go in the Old Testament, you see these wicked and evil rulers. They were all basically what we're facing today. It's nothing new under the sun, what's happening yeah. to America. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, there is nothing new. And, and we see the you know wickedness. As you say, we go through the Old Testament. We see deception. We see corruption. Uh, we see uh, you know, those who are clandestined uh, to commit murder. Uh, you know, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn, as Scripture tells us. And it's righteousness that exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. 
Amen. Well, thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for your call. Mark is next in Newark, Ohio. You're on the air. Yes, uh, about two same items you had on there about China and uh, seizing property over there. Why don't the United States government seize the land and, and their stuff over here because they know exactly what to do. And, and then number two, state of Ohio, yes, the uh, representative, House representatives voted it down and it's going to go to the Senate. And as far as I know, the Senate did not want that voted in. So we have a good chance of them knocking it out too. So other than that, I'm listening to what, what that woman said what you're saying is we are in perilous times and I think we are at that state where Christ, look up for Christ. He's coming. Mm. Amen. And that's, that's basically what I got to say. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. And I keep until I come. That's why I said we, we have that role in, in, in life to be salt and to be light. And uh, we need to be sh- sharing the gospel. Paul warned, warned uh, Timothy in the last days perilous times will come, and he warned about them all throughout Second Timothy chapter 3. And then he reminded Timothy about the word of God, uh, the scriptures being inspired all scriptures being inspired, and then he told Timothy, preach the word, preach the word. Deborah is calling from Milwaukee. You're on the air. Hello? Yes, go ahead, Deborah. Yes, I'd like to make a comment about this immigration. Um, New York City, that is the number one city of abortions in America. There are more abortions in New York City than any, any other city in America, and that's where the majority of their migrants are going. And also, this illegal immigration, I think the government knows we need this migrants in need of fast. We have 65 million people being aborted. Those people would have been having children, grandchildren by now. I hate to say it, but I think we really need these migrations. I understand what the government's doing, because America's getting just what it deserves. Thank you. Okay, thank you for your thoughts. Scott is calling from Clarksburg, West Virginia. Scott, you're on the air. Yeah, I take in a lot of news, and um, it's, it seems like America's iniquity is like almost complete similar to the Amorites and uh, their iniquity almost being complete in Genesis chapter 15, verse 16. Uh, like, it's just God giving sinners over to their sins as punishment for their sinfulness, you know? Like Romans one twenty four uh, uh, explains. And uh, in the last days, God will be sending a deluding influence upon the reprobate, allowing sin to run its course yeah, there is... as an act of judgment. Mm-hmm. Explained in Second Thess chapter two eleven, as God's elect, we have nothing to fear because the end awaits the death of a certain number of the righteous, as explained in Revelations chapter six verse eleven. Okay. Thank you, Scott, for for your thoughts here today. And yeah, troubling times are there. What, what God has proclaimed in His Word will come to pass. We can trust it. Leroy is calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Leroy, you're on the air. Hey, Jim, yeah, I fully understand why people look at our government sideways behind J6 when you see that uh, there will be participants who are also part of the government. But we have to look at Israel the same way. According to Ron Paul, Israel forms a boss. So aren't they doing this to themselves? Well, I mean, it, no, it was the government, the people of, of uh, Gaza that voted Hamas into authority. In authority in Gaza, but Israel formed Hamas. And how is that? And they admit that. 
they admit that to to further their game, to gain the guys to strip. They don't care about those people, man. They committed genocide. Mm. And just like none of them should have been hurt on October 7th, innocent men, women, and children shouldn't be bombed into oblivion. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Leroy, for your thoughts here today. Well, um, certainly um, there is a lot of turmoil in the Middle East right now, and and we see the, the 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 world's uprising in protest against Israel. We see that uh, happening. Uh, Israel has vowed to wipe uh, you know wipe out Hamas uh, and uh, the genocide that they have uh, planned against Israel itself. And uh, certainly, we are seeing the Palestinian protests that are taking place across these United States and interrupting uh, all kinds of events from taking place, interrupting uh, transportation from taking place. And uh, just again, a reminder of what's happening in our nation's capital tomorrow in the National Mall in Washington, D.C. On September, I'm sorry, uh, Saturday, January 13th, the March on Washington for Gaza. And uh, when you look at the list of sponsors of this, Pamela Geller calls them the most, uh, that every jihadi partner of the Muslim Brotherhood in America is going to be engaged with us. Friends, these are troubling times, indeed, in which we live. So let's be faithful as salt and light to proclaim the good news of the gospel, salvation that's available through Jesus Christ as Savior. It's a world that's in need, and while this world is in despair, those who know Christ as Savior have hope. And uh, we look forward, certainly, not only to uh, the hope that is, but the blessed hope as one day our Savior will return as well. But let's share that good news with others, the gospel. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. Our time is gone. It's Friday. And friends, we trust as the Lord Day comes that you'll be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. 